What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely great to be with you guys. It is a Wednesday morning. We are recording this, and I have a friend, colleague, drinking partner, and flag (laughs) football extraordinaire with me today, Brian Carter. How are you, my friend? Good, good. I wouldn't call myself a flag football extraordinaire, but I've definitely had a few sacks, and I had a 50-round or a 50-yard rush the other day. Dude, the the Raheem Mostert of the 49ers community. Now, if you have not heard of Brian Carter 99 before, you need to go check out his podcast. It's in the description of this video. Absolutely great stuff. He was on last year in the draft with us. If you go back and if you remember days one and day two, we were alive the whole time. Brian Carter crushed it. This dude is a film junkie like myself. Um, and look at that. He's even got the hat. Which autographs you got on there? That's Fred. That's Fred Warner, baby. Um, we have Fred oh, Warner and Elijah Mitchell. Too. There we go. And he's got the jersey in the back. So what we're going to do today, this is going to be fun. We're going to – Brian is one of the contributors to the 49ers Rush Draft Book, which is coming out Friday. Friday, I'm so excited. All Patreon members will get this. Um, whether you're a $1, $8, whatever, free trial, you get access to that. Friday the 14th is coming out. This dude, he watches a lot of tapes. So what we're going to do today, we're going to jump into – 
handful of guys that he's really high on. And some of these guys I'm going to disagree with. And I think it's what it's going to do is create, one, expose some players that perhaps we haven't talked about. Two, kind of go through what these teams do, whether the scouts and the GMs or the coaches kind of have small disagreements and how they kind of solidify that and how they place them on the big board. That's the idea. So, Brian, let's start it off with one of the guys that you think the 49ers should target, whether that's late, middle, wherever. Take it away, my friend. Um, I think probably the first one, let's go with Jay Ward. Ooh, we're going on the back end. Now, yeah. this is whenever we talk about these spots. Jay Ward, safety, LSU. I think he could play all over the place. Where do you have him slotted? And why do you think that this is a Niners target, quote unquote? So he's uh, he's a little tricky because if you look at certain draft boards, they have him listed as a corner. But when you go and watch his film, he primarily played like a free safety and then a little bit of slot. And... I think if you're looking for someone who, again, we uh, we like, Hafunga's awesome. He's kind of more of that hybrid strong safety. Right. Uh, we also have Gibson, but beyond that, we don't really have much future depth at free safety that we know of. We also know that, like you said, they don't really value safety all that much, so I wouldn't expect them to spend a third-round pick. Even though I love Jamie Robinson, Jamie Robinson, I watched him like last night, that guy's feeder crazy. Safety from Florida, uh, Florida State. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to be picking a. If he's there at ninety nine, I don't think we're going to go with him. Uh, but a guy like Jay Ward out of LSU, he's not expected to go until like the fifth or sixth round, and uh, I think that he has what you need. Uh, being a former corner, I think oh, that he I- has good man coverage skills for a safety. And uh, I just kind of pulled up my notes over here. I like how physical he was. Um, He attacks at the catch point. So, you know, getting those like pass breakups and stuff. Um, I like how he can plant his feet and accelerate in just a couple steps. And uh, he's not the most like fluid athlete, but when he sees what's happening, he can plant and go for it. And he makes plays on the ball. That's the thing that I think, you know, stood out for me. I have a fourth round grade on him. So you're talking about somebody that's going fourth to fifth round. But man, here's the thing that excites me about him. One, I love LSU secondary players. I like, I try not to helmet scout, but whenever I see an LSU, they just look clean. I love those uniforms. Um, and he just flashes and you watch so much LSU tape because they have so many players that are getting drafted. He jumped off the screen continuously. Yep. And this dude is a football player galore. So he declared for the draft, still went and played in the bowl game, which is a rarity today. I'd, I wouldn't recommend it, but what that tells me, this dude balls. This dude loves yeah. his teammates. And the Niners met with him. He's SEC academic honor roll. There's a lot of boxes that you're checking off on this guy as you're watching him. And a 6'1", 188 safety slash corner. Yeah. The Niners love that body type. Yeah. And he doesn't have like elite physical traits, but I think he more than meets like the threshold. Like I think he ran like a four five five, which is plenty good for a safety. You know, as long as you have like good pursuit angles and you can recognize things and like, you know, go when you see what needs to happen. Four five five is enough. Um, I want to bring up another guy who similar. Safety, okay. 
Yeah, uh, let's do it. Rashad Torrance. You, you were big on Torrance. He played, me. I loved it. But this is a guy that ran a 4-7. So him I have more concerns about, but with him it was like real quick feet and just like aggressive firing on the ball. And uh, just you love – you don't love the physical traits of Rashad Torrance and he's not the best tackler. And sometimes his feet can be a little inconsistent, but just like firing, like when he sees something, he is, he had like the fastest trigger of like pretty much any safety. It's just, he ran a four, seven. So kind of balance that out. I have him more as like a sixth round kind of guy. Um, so He's my safety two, 14. Like, so, yeah, I've got him on okay. the back end of the fifth. We're close on him, and I'm with yeah. you. Like, here's the thing that's weird, because do you go for the all-out traits guy or do you go for the guy whose film screams at you? Because well, I would argue. Traits go Daniel Scott, but yeah. you hate his film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when we're in this safety conversation, uh, Rashad Torrance fits much more with what the 49ers have done at the safety position. He fits Hufunga. Uh, aggressive, a yeah. little bit slower. He's an instincts-driven player that can kind of do all those different things. Uh, like, he's just – he's fun, man. Like, yeah. again, whenever you share a clip, and just so you guys kind of know what we do behind the scenes, Brian will send me a clip. He'll text me. I'll be asleep. I, I'm an early riser. He's, he's a late film watcher. <laughs> and I'll wake like up in the morning. I'm like, hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be scrolling through these clips. And I'm like, oh, I did not watch that game. Um, and so it, it just brings these players to life. Rashad Torrance, uh, the second out of Florida, he's fun because feisty. there's two safeties. I had that all caps feisty. Yeah, there's there's two safeties on that team, and a lot of people have Trey Dean. He was the name. You watch any game, you do not walk away with Trey Dean is the guy the 49ers should target. You walk away, Rashad Torrance, he's a football player. Um, yeah. and the, you know, you brought up Daniel Scott, which I want to wait just a second because we got a couple questions I want to get to. Bro Montana says, what platform are you going to be doing the draft watch party on? It's going to be on our usual um, where we do our podcast. So YouTube, Instagram. Oh, check out the mug. I like it. Um, Instagram, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I might not be able to do Instagram, actually, because we're going to be having guests on. Uh, Wayne's going to be helping with day one. We'll see. I want to get Brian Carter, see if he can join us for a couple. Jump in and let us know what he thinks on the Niners picks as well. But um Definitely Every place we player. always do our shows is going to be there. So uh, days one and day two for sure will be live the entire time with Niner-centric coverage and all those things. So stay tuned for that. Luke says, John, are you going to KC? Uh, I was until the Christian McCaffrey trade, which I'm glad about. But we were going to be throwing a party um, at one of the local breweries I love there in Kansas City. I went to grad school there. My wife and I did. So I was really excited. But when we didn't have any more picks, I just decided financially, I don't think we're going to be able to pull the crowd that we would need to throw a party. But next year, baby, next year, when the Niners get those picks back, uh, I am pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, what's up, trade wreck? I love it, man. <laughs> Another bride. He says, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. I freaking love True. it. I love it. So. True. All right, Brian, take us to another guy that you did think you the 49ers wanna, should target. Did you want to real quick talk Daniel Scott? Yes, sir. Cool. Yeah, because he's so, a name that gets brought up a lot. Elite tester, and I couldn't – his film just drove me nuts because he looked like he wasn't even trying. He was just kind of lackadaisical jogging around. Yeah, and, he's he's – the Niners met with him. He's a local kid. He's going to be at the Pro Day, which is taking place today. 
Um, 6'1", exactly how you build a guy. You look at his traits at the combine, and you say, holy cow, this is a first or second round prick, uh, pick guy just because he's incredible. Sorry about that uh, Freudian slip. I'm sure he's a wonderful human. <laughs> but then you turn on the tape, and I don't know, man. It's one play, he is aggressive. Three plays, barely even jogging. And so, like, what do you do with this? And I think, Brian, this is important. So let, let's play this out. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more players, and you get a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. It's got quick withdrawals, easy game playing, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. I made my first $10 deposit and received an instant $10 bonus. If you have the skills, you play for a shot of turning your $10 all the way into $1,000. Here's what's great, too. It's available in over 30 states, including California, Texas, and Georgia. So all you got to do, especially during playoff basketball time, you just pick two players, Anthony Edwards for more or less than 29 points. You got Luca more or less than 32 points. However you see it, you just pick two, and you can get paid. So download the app today and use 49ers for a first deposit match above, of up to $100. Again, download Prize Picks today. Use code 49ERS for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're a scout. I'm a scout. We come together. And we both work for the Niners, which we do not. But let's just th – these are the conversations that happen. Brian Carter, too. he comes to the table and says, I don't like this guy's film. But then I come to the table. I'm like, guys, look at the metrics. Look at the traits. Look at the attitude. This dude is everything. We got to get this guy. And you're sitting there saying, but the film sucks. Teams will meet with players like that to try to figure out. Because we'll get we'll get Daniel Scott in here. We'll say, look, man, sometimes it looks like you don't care. Can you, can you explain that? Can you help us understand what's going on? Was there a bad game? Were you having a bad attitude? Were you sick? Was something going on with your family? Like, what is it? Because we like you. It's just not consistent. And so then the question becomes this, Brian. If you're picking between two players that you have close grades on, would you go with traits over film or would you go with film and production over traits? 
if you had two guys that were relatively close, what's your tiebreaker going to be? Because a lot of teams will just go trades. You look at the Colts, they are a trades-driven draft team. They have thresholds. If you don't fit their arm length requirements for a corner, they throw you off the board. I think you would, I think you would go traits if the effort is there. Um, cause like sometimes the guy has all the physical traits, but he just doesn't have good coaching. You know, maybe he just has a really bad secondary coach or he just hasn't been taught how to pass rush on the defensive line, but the mm. physical tools are there and the efforts there. But if the effort isn't on film, then I got to go with the guy who's giving 110% on the field, even if he's not, because at least like, at least then he can be on special teams. He's going to compete. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how are they going to make the roster if they're a late day three? Yeah, right? train wreck. And you if- can't catch effort. That was like, I think that was one of the things I said for Daniel Scott. I was like, can you coach motivation? Like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So again, Daniel Scott, another safety prospect. Let's jump out of the safety market. Um, go, let's, uh, like tackle or D line, like O tackle. Let's or D-line? do tackle because okay. I think this is where you and I probably had some of our biggest discrepancies. Not that that's a bad thing. Discrepancies are a good thing. And when these guys have played the amount of games that they have played, um, you're going. People are going to have good game tape. People are going to have bad game tape. And yeah, usually the answer is somewhere in between. In Let's discuss the difference in tape because there was a few guys where I think we watched different games and came away with different conclusions. Yeah, um, let's talk Wanya Morris. Okay. Because he was out of OU. Um, the 49ers met with him. Fun prospect. I've seen him everywhere. I've seen people have him fourth round grade, third round grade. I've seen him going late day three. He's all over the place. Six four three zero seven out of OU. Um, I feel like I've landed a little bit in the middle. I have a fifth round grade on him. He's my offensive tackle number 13. Um, now you tell me what, cause you're higher on him. Tell me yeah, why you like liked a, him. So I'd like a, like a third, fourth round grade. Um, and again, you you probably know him more than I do, especially cause he plays against your team pretty often. Uh, and I think I watched like two games of him. So it could just be that I watched the two good games or above mm. average games, whereas you've seen a whole lot more. You said he's kind of hot and cold. What I saw was uh, good athleticism. He's got the length. I mean, he's six foot five with 35 inch arms. So plenty of length. I think that's a, it's not everything, but it helps a lot. Um, he's a plus run blocker. He liked to dominate people in the run game. Uh, he gets down fields fast. Uh, he had a, a decent kick step, not the best, but uh, good movement skills and um, usually pretty good balance. And he played right tackle. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of fit with him. You know, he was OU has put out some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, good Lord, Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Creed Humphrey. You can go on and on and on uh, this coaching staff, the previous whatever else like it has been a factory. Wanya Morris was supposed to be part of that factory, and I felt like he never hit the ceiling that they wanted him to hit. He was he was a big time guy. Now, how do you balance that? Um, he is a very well. You I tell don't know. me if you have a guy who has you know half the year he has really good tape and he has the athletic traits that you're looking for. How do you kind of balance that? Because to me, I'm like, hey, he might not be able traits wise and on the good games he looks like he could pretty much be a plug and play right tackle 
But if he's inconsistent, is that something where you're like, hey, spend a late third round pick on a guy who could do it and just see if you can coach him up to do it over the next four years during his rookie contract? Because that's my kind of my thought process with the value there, because it's also a valuable pick at a position where we need depth. Right. And and I think, yeah, the, the value in the position is perfect. The scheme fit, it's perfect. And again, uh, Niners met with this cat, right? So like this is something that they're seeing. He's going to be around in that area. Is that going to work out for them or not? Because I, I, I don't know. If they took him in the third round, I wouldn't be upset. If they took him in the fourth round, I'd be like, okay, I understand. There's just guys that I like that are more consistent, I would say. And so that's why I'm like. Okay. Um, Well, if there's other guys you like, do you want to compare him to, uh, like, say, Braden Daniels or Nick Salvadori? Because those are two other guys that I like that are projected lower. Exactly. And it's funny because you say projected lower. I have both uh, ranked ahead of Wanya Morris. I have both of them. Um, And so I've got a fourth round on both Jalen Duncan and Nick Salvadari. So Jalen Duncan, he's out of Braden Daniels. Oh, sorry. Braden Daniels. I'm higher on him as well. Duncan too. I'm highest on Braden um, out of all these names we've mentioned, but I, I got a third, but I think guards his best spot. So he kind of is one of those one of those guys that's a guard slash tackle that the Niners just can't help themselves with. Jalen Moore, Colton McKivitz, uh Spitzer Burford. They just they love these guys. They don't go after pure tackles. Yeah. Will that change? Will that change this year? So what's your opinion on difference between Salvadari and Braden Daniels? Because to me, Braden Daniels looked more like a natural. He looked like a natural tackle just in terms of like his kick step. Like the very first rep I watched of Braden Daniels, it was like the most beautiful kick step I've ever seen. (laughs) And then there was, and then it was a little bit inconsistent. And I felt like uh, he struggled with speed to power and his worst, his worst thing was like anchoring, but he looked so natural. Whereas Salvadari, um, he just kind of looked solid all around with quick hands and good grip strength. I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the arm length and height. Salvadori, you know, he's taller. He's six, six. Um, he's got the, you know, his, his arm length, uh, both their arms are kind of 33, I think. It's like kind of like borderline. I, I I don't know. And a part of it is man, watch it. Old Dominion tape was interesting. Um, (laughs) To say the least, because it was very clear. I don't even clear. know where that is. <laughs> yeah, they, they have two draftable players, and they're both huge. You got Nick Salvadori, who's 6'6", and then you had Zach Kuntz, who's 6'7", <laughs> tight end running around. And so, like, a lot of times when you watch tape, it's like, okay, which guy am I watching? I got to figure out. No, you turn on the tape, and you're like, oh, it's those two. <laughs> it's those two giants on this, you know, poor team. But, Man, so whenever I watch you say, say that we're there and it's like the fifth round pick comes up. Cause you know, we got a few fifths. You've got Wanya Morris, Braden Daniels, uh, and Salvadari all sitting there. Which one would you pick to be a potential right tackle and why? Man, I, I would take, I think I would take Braden, uh, okay. Braden Daniels. I think he's the better player. I have a full round grade ahead. If, I just want a right tackle. I think the highest upside is Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. 
Um, but I again, like the better player that could be a right tackle could fail inside. Moose Spitzer Burford back outside. I Braden Daniels would be my guy out of Utah. I, I really, really do like him. Dude, um, he fired out of his stance on run blocking. Like, yeah, he's fun, popped. man. It was just he's like fun. boom. And again, these guys are all over the place. And, and so, like, you could turn on draft podcasts, which I do. I listen to them all the time. I freaking love them. I watch oh, yeah. type tape nonstop. These are guys that are all over the board because most of those draft shows, they just talk about first and second round guys, which I understand. That's what gets the clicks. I get it. We're doing this from a Niners focus, and we're trying our hardest to create these conversations that are taking place in the Niners war room. These are these are conversations. O-line coaches, scouts, uh, GM, personnel guys, they're sitting there saying, okay, we got to get a tackle. There's no doubt about You look at who the Niners have met with. They met with tackles. They're getting a tackle. They met These with are the tackles. conversations they're going to have. They met with uh, a lot of offensive tackles, uh, safeties, tight ends, and defensive ends. Like that's who they've had the most meets with. So you can kind of see where they're leaning for those uh, those higher picks. Yeah. What's up, uh, Niner Sickness Podcast? I freaking love it. Um, yep. And again, yeah, I think, and like you were saying, with uh, us not really talking about first, second rounders. I don't even, I think I maybe looked at like two or three like projected guys to go in the second round. And it's like, if they drop, um, but I, I did over a hundred write-ups and they pretty much start around like consensus number 80. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, Tobias says, what grades do we have on Nick Sal, uh, Sal Deveri? I have a fourth round grade on him, um, which I, I feel like I'm fourth. high. Yeah. I had a late fourth. Now, the question becomes like, okay, everybody wants to talk about Cody Mock. You know, uh, I've I got him forty fourth overall. Like yeah. we're picking 99th. <laughs> like, he's like not going to be there. He's he's not going to be there. Blake, Blake Freeland. I've got fifty third. Like he these, might be there, but I doubt it because I, I don't him. think power gap teams will have him on their board. They'll throw his name. Literally, say he is an undraftable player for us because he yeah. does not fit our scheme. He doesn't fit everybody's scheme. Um. So, yeah, he could be there, but we're trying our hardest to give you names of actual 49ers fits. And this is where Brian, what's up, train wreck? He says, don't forget Tyler Steen. Right before we went live, Brian, you said, uh, and I quote, I don't see what you see in Tyler Steen. Is that a, is that a correct assessment? I didn't say that. What I said was that <laughs> I'm not as high on him as you are because you politician. Let's argue. <laughs> I mean, I disagree because I think you had like a third round grade on I him. Do. And for me, I said what well, I saw pretty much everything that you saw. My biggest concern was that when I flipped on the tape, I noticed like visibly noticed that his short arms, his length was showing up on tape. Guys were getting into his chest. And if that happens at the college level, it's going to happen at the NFL level. Everything else looked pretty good, but to me, that means he's a guard in the NFL. And if he's a guard, I don't want to spend a third round pick on him. So I said, hey, fourth, fifth round pick. He's good, yeah. but I'm not going to have a third round grade on a guard if that's what I think he is. I, I just don't think he'll be successful at tackle. Um, Don't get me wrong. Like, he's good. I just, I'm not going to have that high of a grade on a guy who I think is a guard. Because right. his length, it, it showed on film. He's and 6'6", 321, but he's got short arms. 
Yeah. And sometimes you see like measurables and they, they don't show up on tape, but if they're obvious on tape, then I have to factor that in. So I do like him, but I just think he's only a guard. So I have him as like a, a fourth to fifth. Yeah, it like I get that. Uh, his, his arm usage is a problem. I think the athleticism and size is yep. something that you know a six six three twenty one guy. There's not a lot of those type of tackles that move the way he does. You, you look at his twenty yard shuttle, top eighty percent broad jump, uh, top eighty percent. The dude is explosive and yep. bench press. He had thirty one reps, um, which is. 90th percentile in the NFL for tackles. Yeah. Like he is strong. He is athletic. I think he fits. And so again, I, I got a late third on him, um, which is where the Niners are picking. And you're talking about a need situation, offensive tackle. You're talking about kind of a match and scheme setting. I think it could work. And again, we keep seeing the Niners go after these guys that have played tackle that could fit at guard. But they can put them out there. Daniel Brunskill, Colton McKinnon. I want a real tackle. I'm tired of all these short-arm tackles that can't really play tackle. So you kick them into guard because now it's like we have Trent Williams. And then we've got like a half dozen guys competing for right tackle because they're all guards. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a lot. You've got the bodies. You know, you look at Mike McGlitchy, he was a true tackle, but in his first game he ever started, we moved him to guard because we had so many injuries. I don't know if you remember that. I uh, do. That was the Vikings game with, uh, what was it? Was was that the game? That was the game where Jimmy had that awesome fadeaway to Pettis. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Um, In like the it, back of the end zone. Not yeah. a lot of those. Not a lot of those. <laughs> um, I love this. It's the Alabama hate. Now, this is I don't hate Alabama. Did. I, I do. I don't. I don't. I can't stand I have, them. I did not go to any of these colleges, so I have <laughs> like, I don't care. Like to me, it's like, is it is it good coaching? Is it a good player? You know, I right. know people have their all their stuff, but I I really could care less. And if you look at the meetings that the 49ers have had, there are a lot of Alabama guys. Why? They have a because lot of the players. Niners don't trust their coaching staff, and. Man, one of my favorite things to do every year, because like we fill our draft, uh, my notes, like I feel I go with the schools, height, weight, all those things, because it's all you have access to. Every single Alabama player, which they are loaded, was shorter, every single one of them, by an inch or two inches. Some guys were three inches shorter than what they said. Alabama just lies. It's just who they it's 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 freaking Nick Saban. It, it like they recruit good players and they recruit have really great good players. Coaching. You they can't coach deny them up. That. Right. And so this is where I think the 49ers changed. And I've said this repeatedly on this show, pre Ruben Foster, post Ruben Foster. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both said they were not honest with us. They were not honest with us. And this is why teams like the 49ers go back to South Carolina, go back to Arizona State, go back to Stanford, because they get a familiarity and a trust process. I think it was John Lynch who said, you know, when we were scouting Depot, we were talking to the coaching staff and they told us, you got to watch his weight. He'll come back overweight. He'll come back out of shape. So you got to stay on him. Like coaches that are honest with the process. That's not who Alabama is. That's why there are so many of these top 30 visits for the 49ers are Alabama players because they can't go through the coaching staff. You're you're not going to learn anything from Nick Saban. It's just not going to happen. So, 
What was that you, clip? Like, you can keep asking, but I won't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can keep on asking, but I ain't going to tell you the halftime. Yeah. Like, that dude is just <laughs> such a piece of trash, man. I'm so not a saving guy. Amazing coach, terrible human. Yeah, um, fair yeah. And so, like, the Niners just don't trust him. So, part of me says, okay, you got all these athletes. And, man, I, there's a lot of Alabama players I'm really, really high on. Um, but they're meeting with all of them. They're meeting with all of them. George, you just look at the corner and safety positions alone, which again, I just talked sm- trash on Saban. The dude coaches the secondary as well as anybody. Uh, Brian Branch, J- uh, Jordan Battle, Eli Ricks. Like there are just so many Alabama cats that fit exactly what the Niners do that we'll see. Uh, and I think some of those guys might come here now uh, we got a couple questions what's up coach cruz uh he says rajon wright will be a dog um so with him i have not watched film but he did have some really good senior bowl stuff on the one-on-one um the uh i i like the senior bowl it's not everything but i do like the senior bowl because there's a certain level of competition of players there they're not playing against you know like random freshmen and sophomores who are going to end up working at UPS. Like they're going against other, (laughs) I'm just being honest, you know, they're going up against other quality draft eligible players. So there's a certain level of competition and you can kind of see how they do. And he had some good stuff at the, uh, with some senior bowl, but I haven't watched his tape. It was, it was frustrating. Um, He jumps off the tape six, two, one ninety three. So fits, you know, this new type of corner that you're going to want to do with, you know, the new DC, Mm-hmm. But yeah, the speed was a concern, but I mean, he fits, he fits so much of just what it takes to be in the NFL physical loves to hit huge body. The speed is a concern, but in a cover three quarter scheme, you can kind of get by some of those things. Yeah. Um, sticking with the corner. What's up, David? He says, um, how do you rate Riley? Um, the defensive back out of Iowa, uh, Riley Moss. I, I thought I... I really liked him. I uh, I watched your uh, – I it's hard finding all 22, and I yeah, saw that you is. posted one, so I watched it yesterday. There, the only question that I really have with him is the ball skills because, like, the feet, the speed, the transition, his ab- ability to, like, mirror and match guys, the size, like, everything was great. Like just like really fast, crisp feet, change of direction, can stick on guys. The biggest thing that I didn't see was just ball production. And that was, I've heard it and I've only watched one game and they didn't really target him all that much, but why doesn't he win at the point of attack? You know, Mm. if he had better ball production, he'd probably be a second round pick um, just because of like the physical traits and how good he is at, like I said, mirroring, matching guys, sticking with the guys. He's so good with that. Um, but, you know, if, if you're not winning at the catch point and breaking up the ball, then it doesn't really matter how sticky you are because you just get, you know, you just get a big receiver on there and he's just going to body you and win at the catch point. So that yeah. was my only question. But I had like a like a third, third, fourth round grade on him. I really liked him. I just want to see him win at the catch point more. 
Yeah, I have fourth round grade here too. Um, and you know, six one one ninety three out of Iowa. He's playing some physical stuff. He was the he broke the all time Iowa State record for one ten hurdles in high school. I mean, this dude, he's nuts. <laughs> like he belongs. Um, fun take. It's fun fun take. seeing a white corner too. Like you don't see those, but he's legit. You know, the, the, I thought it was yeah, hilarious. I mean, watched really the combine, good. but it was the DB drill, and they're panning like the crowd. <laughs> and I, I I I bust out laughing because he was the only one. Uh, yeah. And it was just you know it's what it is. And yeah, I don't care if he's white or whatever, but like it was funny. I chuckled. Uh, I was drinking so, during the time. It's what it is. There you go. That's that always makes things better. I'll, I'll sit down with like a, a glass of wine and spend two, three, four hours watching film and. You know, go through a half bottle, just kind of sipping here, typing up notes. I love it. Now, one um, of the things that kind of gets people hot more than anything running else. Backs? Running backs in the there's third three round. things I want to go over before we leave is late round running backs, uh, late round tight ends, and then potential defensive ends. If All we right. Well, let's jump into the running backs. I love this, Brian. Come and prepare, baby. So yeah. talk to like Niner Sickness Podcast says Kyle just needs to take three running backs at 99-101-102. He's joking, obviously. But does this trend of third round running backs continue? Do you think, Brian? And then let's I jump into not. your late round, guys. I hope not. The only one that I would be okay with picking with one of those picks right there is uh, if Tajay Spears somehow falls. Mm. If he was there and they took him, I'd be like, he's really good and he's a perfect scheme fit. Yeah. He's fast. He's got good hands, great vision, just like nasty jump cuts. Like he's does really him good. having two torn ACLs on the same knee bother you? I didn't know that. Little I, Frank Gore vibes. One was in high school. One was in all, 2019. So it's been two years since his last one. All I watched was the tape. The tape the is great incredible he stood out at the senior bowl he was like the best running back there by all reports i love him um yeah oh, look I mean, at this. we got a we got 49ers royalty uh the queen of the 49ers rush road trip what's up victoria morgan in the house she says can't wait it is absolutely incredible we have a meeting right after this victoria and i uh we're Ooh, trying yeah. to find a spot in santa clara to throw our pre-game parties the night before uh she is working valiantly and man right. awesome to see you in the chat yeah. i love it so walk us through brian let's talk so, about some of these late round guys i got like my philosophy on running back is you never draft a running back early, but you draft a running back every year. Ooh. So you draft one every year, but you don't do it until like the fifth round. Shanahan agrees with the second part of your axiom, not the first. <laughs> well, it's like, think about it. Like in my opinion, running back, you so much of rushing success in the NFL is the blocking scheme and the blockers. You know, how much are they generating? The running back itself, it's what are you generating in addition to that? And are you a scheme fit? You can find scheme fits late in the draft if you know what kind of scheme you're running and who you're looking for. And with running backs, like why are you spending such a high pick when there's much more valuable and expensive positions? So draft one every year. Just don't do it till the fifth. If, if every year we draft a running back in the fifth, sixth round, I'm okay with that because they're going to wear out. You need three or four of them on the roster. You just got to find a guy that's a good scheme fit in that fifth, sixth round range. You spend your top four rounds on the more important positions that, 
know, they, they're the ones, the offensive line creates value for the running back, right? The running back just has to like, how big is that hole that they have to run through? That matters more than can they run through a hole? Cause ton of college running backs can run through the hole, but the blocking determines how much runway they have. Right. So that's kind well of my said. philosophy with running back. I got three though. All right, three, let's hear them. Three to consider. Um, where am I? Where am I? Deb says so, she just wants guys that can stay on the field. So hopefully these are durable guys. Okay. Um. Oh, uh oh, his uh connection must have cut out. Uh, he'll jump back in. But uh, during this time, I can jump into some of these questions and different stuff that they uh you guys got going on. I'm a big camera people's guy. Um, is Ishmael? He he's one of the rush crush. Um, I, I'm just gigantic on him. I would be really, really happy if the Niners found a way to grab him. Uh, we, we got the man back here. No, uh, what's I up, what Brian? Happened. It happens, man. <laughs> this is a uh, part of the live show. So, uh, again, Brian's jumping into his, his running backs, late round guys that he likes. I'm a huge Cameron people's guy. Love that dude. He's fun. Yeah. App state. All right, go ahead. Take it away, Brian. Yeah. So guys that I'd be okay in like the fifth round. Oh, there we go. The internet connection is not working today uh, for the man, and that happens. Um, right here, David says, I like Abanana Kananda. I'm sure I messed that right off. And Keandre Miller um, from TCU in the third round. A lot of big-name guys. Um, I liked them. I did not like them near as much as a lot of other people. Um, the pit running back, I had a fifth-round grade on. And Keandre Miller, who, you know, I was higher on him at a fourth round grade. But let me just say this. I'm pretty low on running backs. Uh, you know, I don't like, again, I have one first round running back, Bijan. I have two second round running backs, two third round running backs. Like my running back list is low. I, I do not value them at the top. I depreciate their value much like a lot of teams do, but I do think that those are good fits. Brian, we're going to try this one more time. Uh, glad to have you back. It happens. The internet is a fun, fun process. So yeah, let, I, just, get your- I just closed out like everything else except for my <laughs> notes and this. I was like, maybe it's the 20 other tabs. <laughs> it happens, man. It's just the way it goes. So running backs, let, let's hear some of your guys you like. So again, this is like you're drafting late in the fifth. These are guys that I'd be like, I like him. Uh, Evan Hull, Eric Ooh. Gray, Chris Rodriguez. So that's I'm like highest a, on Eric Gray out against? of your list. <laughs> there we go. So why why these guys? How do they fit with the Shanahan scheme? What is it that stood out about those guys to you? So the guy that I think fits the least, but I have the highest grade on is Chris Rodriguez. Um, Really fun, just downhill, powerful, high acceleration. And he's just going to squeeze through a gap at 220 pounds. He's like 5'11", 6'220". And he just full speed with really good feet, just hits gaps and just weaves his way through the second level and just guys just drape on him. And it was every single time I saw him get tackled, it took three guys to tackle him. Like just the arm tackles. If you hit him from the side or anything like that, unless you have a good grip around his legs or you have three guys on him, he's just downhill powering through gaps. I think he's a better fit 
in like an inside zone or a gap scheme, but just he was so fun to watch just the power explosive speed downhill. And I think he could work in the wide zone. Um, One thing that I was trying to watch when watching running backs, because there's, there's not as much wide zone in college. So you want to see if they have the traits for the wide zone. And for me, a lot of that is just ankle mobility and flexibility. Cause that's how you can like plant and cut. I do think that he has the ankle flexibility to run a wide zone. And again, you get a guy with just he's huge you know, acceleration and power who breaks a lot of tackles and runs as hard as he does. I think he'd be fun. Um, right. I think he was I, averaging like six yards a carry and just, he was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 5.2 yards per rush. And I saw a lot of him because he was with Will Levis. So, you know, you're going through and, you know, doing a lot of these, whenever I watch defensive backs, I want to watch him against a good quarterback. So if I could find any tape against Kentucky, uh, Ohio state, uh, you know, Alabama, whatever, I want to value them. So I watched a whole bunch of Kentucky tape just because Will Levis and, you know, the defensive guys and Chris Rodriguez, yeah. man, that dude's huge. He, he scares me a little bit. Uh, he's, he's fun. I think, he would be like the perfect – he's similar to like a – who's the third-round running back we took last year that didn't play? TDP, Ty Davis-Price. Yeah. Similar to him, but I like him better. Gotcha. Oh, but wow. Like, Interesting. Sim- well, you know what I mean? Kind of like a powerful, downhill, compact runner who doesn't really have show much in the passing game. Like very similar, but I like Chris Rodriguez' acceleration more. Um the the tdp thing i didn't really get it it doesn't seem to be working we'll see um but he would be in like the similar kind of powerful downhill kind of guy so i like it all right let's pick one more of evan hall or eric gray which one do you want to highlight i know it's Um, tough right because you fall in love with these guys let's go eric gray because i know you don't like him (laughs) <laughs> I do like him. I'm I'm higher on him than um, okay. the other three. I, I I do not like OU uh, at all. But no, I liked Eric Gray. I thought yeah. his tape was. I I I liked him a lot. Niners have met with him. Take it away. Five nine two oh seven OU running back Eric Gray. Good vision, good angles. Um, does really well. Just like navigating through traffic, weaving in between. He does really well, like splitting, like uh, splitting defenders. He's a very decisive runner. Um, I want to say like technical, like I feel like he's a very technically savvy kind of runner. Like everything he does, he looks like he's been coached up very well and how to play running back in terms of like your feet, your vision, setting up blocks, reading angles, all that kind of stuff. Um, he has, he only has like average speed. I thought he had good acceleration, but, uh, just in terms of his uh his like his feet his his feet his ankle flexibility and just the way that he was able to consistently make decisions um he just he was always finding the green and getting plus yardage and uh you know definitely good enough as a as a receiving option for like checkdowns and stuff i thought he was one of the best three down backs um in this draft that could do it all because he doesn't have to come off the field now luke asked this who are the home run threats at running back that's what we're missing it seems like shanahan has just said no um he doesn't want to do this anymore 
And, you know, if, if there's one of the guys that get Tommy similar, he says, are we really switching to a power rush because we don't have that speed Moster type? They've gone away from this. Shanahan has changed his valuation of certain positions to where he wants durability and chain moving. It's what it is. Now, if you want that home run threat, there's two speed guys, stands two out to speed me. guys that I can think of, and we don't have to get into them. Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina, Israel, Abacanda, really, really fast guys, but I have a lower grade on them for different reasons. Keaton Mitchell is 180 pounds and Abacanda just doesn't quite have it all put together. Potentials there, but hasn't quite put it together in terms of just like, Again, yeah, like I forget the, the game. For the it might have been aspect. Louisville or Virginia Tech where Abaconda had like four rushing touchdowns, like 300 yards. So you watch that one game and you're like, holy cow, this dude's yeah. a Heisman winner. You watch the other games and he comes back down to reality a little bit. No, now, no he doesn't have any power to his game and you'd want more power from a guy who came in at 5'10", 215. Like you want right. more power, but he seems like he's kind of, he has a weird build. Like he's kind of slender and high cut with skinny legs. It seemed like Abacanda, all of his weight was in his torso and he didn't have any, he like looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. He looks weird, but when he gets going, he's oh, yeah. not stopping. He's going to hit his head on the goalpost. Uh, train wreck comes in and says D line is the 49ers moneymaker. You wanted to jump into edge, some late round edge guys before we got out of here. Yeah. So uh, entertain us, teach us your wise ones, Brian, Help us out with these guys, man. Um, I'm going to pop in and do a guy that uh, I he just really popped on film, but a lot of people don't have him going until sixth or seventh round. Uh, Lonnie Phelps out of uh, Kansas. Are you, you familiar like with Lonnie 12 players, Phelps? man? Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, okay. He's 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 interesting. Six two two forty four, Kansas. What'd you like yeah. about him? Uh, well, he's crazy fast. Did you mention what his speed and his bench press are? He ran a four, four five, five five forty, five. and bench press thirty one reps. Thirty one. So got a John Chapman he, on our hands over here. So he doesn't have very much in terms of like an anchor, and he's not going to be a power. Hey, what's up, Cynthia? Uh, he doesn't have a lot of an anchor and he doesn't have much power, but just in terms of speed and burst off the edge and hands, those are the two things. Like when I watched him, it was super twitchy, fast off the line and his his hands were crazy fast. So if he was winning with that first hand move, he was winning and he was in the backfield because it was firing pow he's got he's quick, strong man. arms real quick hands and if he wins like that like you got a four five five guy rushing down the quarterback uh um, yeah i think worst case is he's a pass rush specialist which the night that, that's all i see him as uh i don't think he's more than that unless he can build some strength but i mean dude if you're talking like a fifth or sixth round yep. path rush only like speed rusher Get him in a wide nine and just like yep. fire him off with his hand speed. Honestly, was what surprised me the most was the hand speed. His hands were so quick that he was winning almost every single rep against offensive linemen unless they were like really good. Yeah, he's, and, he's uh, fun. Uh, my my comp for him is Yannick. 
and Gawkway, who okay. I, I really want the Niners to sign. They just ain't got the money. Um, yeah, Logan I had, says, a, I had a late I, round fourth grade on him, but I know a lot of people have him as like a sixth or seventh. But I've got six like on pass rush guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, let's go with one more edge guy and then we'll close out. I think you had another position you wanted to hit on. Uh, but oh, I'm dude, with you, Logan. You know he I says, got, I, I want to draft late. two edge rushers in this draft. I'm with you. That's what I want to do as well. Uh, okay. How about, uh, here we go. Edge rusher, late rounder, Tavius Robinson out of Old Miss. They well, even got this him, in the they? chat going on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I liked him. Um, good size, good frame. He's like 6'6, 260. And that's exactly what the Niners like is they like him that 6'4, 6'6, like 260 range. Um, I thought he had some decent moves. He's a development guy. He has the traits. He has a, the thing that frustrated me was I didn't like how he was coached because so much of the way they coached him, they had that kind of like read and react like defensive end where you're not firing off the ball and attacking, you know, the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle and like attacking that edge, pursuing the quarterback. It was the hike. And then you watch and yeah. then you're like standing up and then you're trying to like hand fight. And I couldn't stand that. They that they put a precedent on stopping the run. And, you know, I have in my notes, teams that value stopping the run will be very high on him. He is yeah. a strong side defensive end, not your situational pass rusher. You put him yeah. and Lonnie Phelps together, you got everything. Yeah. You got it all. So I will say that while like 70 to 80% of his reps were that, and I hated it because I'm like, that's not how we play. When he did fire out of his stance, it was explosive. So he's got that first round, like explosive uh, or not first round, but uh, that first step, you know, burst off the line, exploding into the offensive tackle. He's got that. He needs to develop some pass rush moves. He needs a little bit more of an anchor in terms of setting the edge. Uh, but the traits are there. The explosiveness is there. I think he's a good guy where you you get him late and you say, hey, we've seen 20% of these guys' reps are really good. And if we just focus on that and hone that with Chris Kosarek, he could be a contributor at defensive end. So I do like him. Right. Uh, yeah, I put I, him at a, uh, like a fifth, sixth round kind of range. I like this. Look at this. Uh, this is a great question. Uh, from Breaking80, I like that. Uh, appreciate the Super Chat contribution. He says, who would you pick between the following? Harrison, Diaby, Young out of Tennessee, or McGuire? This one's easy for me. Um, to me, it's between Harrison and McGuire. Uh, Diaby, I didn't like his tape. Physically, like he, has the perfect, he has the perfect yeah. frame. I didn't like the trait. Young... I know a lot of people like him, but I think he's a three, four outside linebacker. And I think there was only one way that he won. I didn't see multiple ways that he would win. And to me, that just screams again, like late round pass rush only kind of guy. So I was, I'm a little lower on young than some people. Yeah. And again, all these guys that you have are interesting because young, he's your ultimate speed off the edge guy, that's kind of what he does. McGuire, one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles out there. Diaby, traits, traits, traits. Harrison, experienced jack-of-all-trades. Me, I'm, I'm going to disagree with it, uh, with Brian here. I would take Young out of Tennessee just because I think it's what the Niners need. Just that speed edge rusher. I don't think you can get enough of them. But, like, again, if I'm looking for who's going to get the most snaps and most playing time, that's probably going to be McGuire. Who has the most upside? Probably Diaby. 
uh, most experienced Harrison. So, Harrison. I, I really liked Harrison. I know that he didn't quite have the production, but I mean, you can't coach his build and athleticism. He's not great turning the corner, but I mean, his first couple steps, he's so fast. And if you can, again, coach up his hands a little bit more, uh, the dude's a monster. I mean, he's yeah. like what six five with thirty six inch long arms, and he ran like a like a ten second hundred meter or something. Like he's got free. a lot, and he's only twenty one. Yeah, so you can coach him. And again, you can kind of do some of that with what the Niners have currently. The problem is the most shallow position, the most impact need like you need snaps now is the edge position uh, for the 49ers. I think of any position. Um, I think their least depth is at the edge spot. I think they've got some good pieces. But, yeah, you got Bosa, you got Cleveland Farrell, and you got Drake Jackson. That's it. You got to get bodies there. Take two. I say take one with your third, your late third, take an edge, and then take a fifth, sixth round edge. Same. Same. All right, can I do can I do one more? Yeah, I love it, man. Dude, Brian seventh if round. Y'all, I hope end. this is coming across the film, the the video, the audio, whatever. This guy breathes this stuff, lives, breathes it. Like I freaking love it. That's why I wanted him on the show. Yes, Brian, you could do it. Seventh one. round tight end. All right, Ooh. Trey Lance's old teammate, Noah Gindorf out of North Dakota State. He's he's so fun. And it's weird that he's called a tight end because he's freaking monster, man. Yeah. Like if he's you like, wanted to make him a tackle, I would say, yes, you can do that. But he can catch. He can. I think, he I can. think I sent you those clips because I was watching it. And the, the one thing that I'm a little fuzzy on and my biggest kind of question is he only played three games last year. So I don't know. I didn't look up to see if there was an injury or something, but there was only three games. So I only was able to find one game of him playing last year. Hmm. Um, and then previous to that, he just never had a lot of production. It does seem like North Dakota state has like 15 fullbacks and tight ends. I feel like every time you put on the film, it's like, Hey, there's three different tight ends in and they have three different fullbacks, right? You didn't have a lot of production. And I don't know why he didn't play last year. I'm guessing it was an ankle injury. injury. Yeah, okay. he had an ankle and missed uh, 12 games. He only played three games, like you said. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what I did like, like you said, he's huge. 6'6", 263. He is a powerful run blocker. Um, decent athleticism. I don't think he has great athleticism, but you're looking at, a again, like a really powerful run blocker. Um, in terms of his catching ability, basically, I just want to see like, Hey, can this guy catch? Can he be a receiving option? Uh, cause obviously he can block, but you got to be able to do both. Right. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to run routes. You're probably going to have to scheme him open, whether as like a, you know, like a check release kind of thing, or, you know, the way Shanahan schemes guys open where it's like, hey, fake a block and then we'll have you coming around on the other wheel route over there wide open. Um, but the ball skills are there. Um, I think the game that I watched, he had three catches, but every one of them was impressive. One of them, he had a screen that he caught and it was much above his head. He had to reach up, jump up, grab the ball. Um, and then he broke like three tackles because He's huge. <laughs> it's hard to tackle a guy who's 260 pounds running, yeah. you know? 
Uh, the second catch, it was behind him. So he was, it was like a check down and uh, he like checked, he turned and then the ball was back here. So he had to like reach, turn this way and catch it while running. So I was like, okay, that's two good balls. And then the third one, I think I sent you the clip as well. The dude like jumps and does a 360 catch, like above his head, jumps 360, catches it, lands, and then runs for an extra like five or 10 yards. He's not fast, no, but he can block and he's got good enough ball skills that he can catch a ball. And to me, like seventh round tight end, why not? For him, a lot of it, you know, you brought up. He still couldn't work out at the combine because that ankle's still an issue. So teams that meet with them, this is going to be a medical thing. So he's going to have a red tag on the big board for every team. Do you feel comfortable with his ankle? Do you not? Um, he's got to be a late day three guy anyway. So if you're a team, and again, uh, Tobias, I, I like this question. He says the least depth is tight end. We have Kittle who misses three to four games, and then we have no one. Currently, you have Dwelly signed, you have Charlie Warner signed, and you have Kittle. You only carry three active tight ends. Do we need and more Dwelly, tight ends? Yes. And Dwelly and Warner are both on like, it's yeah, like their last cheap. year. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you year. tight end would be number two for me as far as depth goes. It, but man, I will push back against this. Kittle misses three to four games a year. That's only happened twice in his entire career that he has missed that many games. Yeah, he misses one or two games. That's more appropriate. But he has only missed three or more games in a season twice in his six-year career. So I don't know where that narrative keeps coming through and pushing through. Um, yeah, he plays Maybe physical. He's going to miss games. Like he's always built. It seems like he's always banged up, but he plays through it because he's tough and awesome. Right. Tough and awesome. I freaking yeah. love that man. Uh, yeah. Victoria says, great show. I'm learning so much over here taking notes. Yeah. Gosh, she's the best, man. Yeah. And we both did a lot more tight ends. I think I had like 10 or a dozen different like tight end write-ups. Just John told me beforehand, like, hey, let's pick guys that we didn't talk about. So don't talk about Shoemaker. And right. I saw that in like, the comments. Right. <laughs> uh, I wanted to stay away from guys we have talked about. Another good question uh, from David. Guys, we brought in DTR. Uh, the quarterback from UCLA for a private workout. Which round do you think that he gets drafted in? Did you do any QB tape or? I didn't. Uh, so the only thing I have to go off is just what I've heard from different people. I know like Chris Sims was really high on him. I think he had him as like his number five. Uh, I've heard other people say that he's like a sixth round prospect. That's where I got um, him. I have a middle think- sixth round grade on him. I will say though, quarterbacks always go higher just yep. because it's such a valuable position. And if you do hit on a guy, it's it's huge value. So I could see potentially a team being like, hey, you know, the film is kind of inconsistent, but he's got a lot of experience and he's got good traits. I know that much. He's got good physical traits and a lot of experience. I could see a team being like, hey, you know what? Third round. Why not? Let's go for it. He could develop into something. But I don't think he's going to go in the the top two rounds unless somebody just sees something that nobody else sees. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I like this question. Like you said probably a sixth round grade. Just yeah. quarterbacks always go extra. They go high. up. They go up. Tobias, would you guys trade up for Sam Laporta? Yes, I would. I he's my number three. Yeah, I got a rush crush on him. He's my number three tight end. I got Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta. But that's because I value blocking. You know, the name that didn't come off the board there is Dalton Kincaid, who a lot of people have a first-round grade on. 
that dude is a receiver that's yeah. just big. He is not a tight end. Like, <laughs> there's a place for that in the NFL. I am not sure that's on the 49ers. I love Sam Laporta, but are you willing to trade up for another two him. tight end? I have not watched him because, like I said, I didn't want to watch guys that I would think wouldn't be there when we're picking. And I think he's gone 20, maybe 30 picks before we go. He's probably going in the early third. And you want to know where I have him? You're going to laugh. I I feel like this is like I have him 38th overall. Oh, yeah. I'm really high on this dude. But yeah, I just I don't think he's there. That's why I didn't watch him. Yeah. Smart, smart. Um, Coach Cruz. I only have uh, so much time. <laughs> I, I know. That's the thing, man. It's 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 a lot. Uh, Coach Cruz says, Brock Purdy going to get a few extra quarterbacks drafted this year. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm listening. You know, again, I listen to all these draft podcasts and shows and YouTube and watch other people watch film and things like that. And on all these shows that are not Niners based, who's the next Brock Purdy? Who's the next Debo? Who's the next Kittle? Like, it, it's funny. Who's the next Fred Warner? Who's like... We have these stalwarts at so many positions because the Niners have just dominated drafting. Every team isn't, misses, but we're, what the Niners have done is special. Incredible how what Shanahan of Lynch have done with this team. Like they took one of the worst teams and the worst rosters in the NFL, and now we're consistently like top five Super Bowl contenders even though the quarterback is a, is a giant question mark almost every year, they've done so good at scouting and drafting and developing and coaching Mm -hmm. up players. It's, I feel like this is, it's a really fun time to be a Niner fan. I know that there's always like people who like to stir the pot and create drama and, you know, whether that be for clicks or if you're just naturally like a negative, pessimistic nitpicky person, (laughs) come over here. Like, we were just in the Super Bowl. We've made the NFC Championship in back-to-back years. We've got freaking more pro bowlers than like any team in the NFL. We're stacked on both sides of the ball. We have great coaching. And the coach is so good that everybody's poaching our coaches. Like, yeah. it's a good time to be a fan. You can always nitpick if you want. And I know some people are like, I don't care. They should be fired unless they win a Super Bowl. Look at that look at the doesn't. last four years and tell me that they need to be fired. Just yeah, it's ridiculous. Explain the last four years. <laughs> now, uh, update real quick tonight um, for all of our Patreon members. We have our 1994 Patreon watch party going on uh, 5.30 tonight. And this is a fun one. This is the 49ers versus Falcons game. This is the Dion Andre Ryzen slugfest. Uh, this was the game where the switch was flipped and the Niners just went freaking ham. So hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. Uh, all Patreon, it's already been posted. We're going to be hanging out on Zoom watching the game. Uh, Brian's been able to make it. Hopefully uh, you and Mara can stop by. But Brian. We'll her, she's kind of puffy right oh, now. Yeah, she right. had a wisdom oh, right. night yesterday. She's doing all right. <laughs> Let's throw this out there real quick before we head out. Brian, where can we follow you? Where can we subscribe to your show? Help us out. Oh, he's pointing at it. Uh, for the audio <laughs> listeners, this one um, is Spotify, Apple Pod, Brian Carter ninety nine. One is Twitter. Perfect, Brian PNW ninety nine. So just remember that. But that's going to do it for us today, I'm Brian. Thank you so much. Territory up here. That's right, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's Pacific Northwest. There it is. Yeah. Um, 
Brian, you're going to hear from him some more, especially we'll have him back on, especially probably after the draft, break down some of these late round guys because he's done the work. Uh, but thank you, Brian. Really appreciate your time and everybody yeah, else. For sure. And until next time, that's going to do it for us today. Stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.